Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight. It's Monday, October 3rd, and we're here with you, updating the news all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. Katanji Brown-Jackson started her first day on the Supreme Court by grilling a lawyer trying to gut the Clean Water Act. At issue is a challenge to federal controls over protected waterways. Conservative interest groups argue they should be left to the states. Jackson didn't seem to need a settling in period. The new justices' questioning showed a readiness to go toe-to-toe in oral arguments. As to the meaning of waters in the eyes. Well, let me let me let me try to bring some enlightenment to it by asking it this way. <laughs> One of the purposes of the act is to preserve traditional state authority over land and water resources. I didn't read that as a purpose. The court's new term is underway, with the public able to hear arguments in person for the first time in two years, and barricades around the building to protect it from protesters have been removed. But the court and its conservative majority are set to rule on cases that could potentially rouse people to protest once again. Here are four of them. Affirmative action in college admissions, a challenge to part of the Voting Rights Act, whether businesses can deny services to gay people on the grounds of free speech, and whether state legislatures can set their own election rules, even if they go against their state constitutions or the courts. A memo from the CEO of Credit Suisse is stoking worries about the bank's financial health, and it's even spooking some investors about the potential for another Lehman Brothers-style collapse. The message on Friday made reference to a, quote, critical moment ahead when management unveils restructuring plans later this month, and it sparked panic. The bank is in reassurance mode. It says liquidity is not a problem and that it's got a $100 billion buffer on hand. But Credit Suisse has seen some scandals recently, and the market is skittish. Its shares dropped 12 percent this morning. President Biden and Jill Biden are visiting Puerto Rico to survey the damage from Hurricane Fiona. Ahead of the visit, the president told residents, quote, We're with you. The president is expected to announce $60 million to shore up levees, strengthen flood walls, and create a new flood warning system. More than 100,000 people in PR still don't have power two weeks after the storm. The president travels to Florida on Wednesday. The British government is making an abrupt U-turn and reversing its massive tax breaks for the wealthiest residents just 10 days after the plan was announced and brought the value of the pound to an all-time low. The BBC pressed UK Finance Minister Kwasi Kwarteng this morning. What I admit was that it was a massive distraction on what was a strong package. The move comes just a day after new Prime Minister Liz Truss defended the controversial policy. Lego is the latest brand to get a replacement in Russia after the Danish company withdrew because of the invasion of Ukraine. The little blocks might look familiar, but these new ones are going to be sold under the name World of Cubes. The same distributor which sold Legos is opening over 60 stores. We've seen similar changes with Stars Coffee replacing Starbucks locations and Tasty and That's It taking over from McDonald's. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Did you know you can share any of our segments on social media? Just look in the description section on your podcast app, and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's super easy. Give it a try. 
The death toll in Florida from Hurricane Ian continues to climb. At least 80 people died, and rescue personnel are still reaching some of the hardest-hit areas for the first time. Over 600,000 people are without power. Recovery efforts are especially difficult in Port Charlotte, Fort Myers, and Naples, areas on Florida's Gulf Coast closest to where Ian first made landfall. Residents there are frustrated, saying they're waiting over six hours for gas to fuel their cars and generators. FEMA estimates that recovery will take months and cost billions. It's also warning survivors to be alert to scam artists who might try to take advantage of them. The New York Post is reporting that migrants in New York City are being bused to Florida to earn money as relief workers in places wrecked by Hurricane Ian. The irony, of course, is that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis recently spent millions in taxpayer money to fly migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. Post reporters say migrants and asylum seekers are being picked up straight from New York City shelters by third parties that are offering them $15 an hour plus overtime pay for the cleanup. FEMA and New York City say they are not involved in the operation. If you were hoping for a big raise next year to keep up with the rising cost of rent, gas, and groceries, get ready for disappointment. New surveys of U.S. employers show most companies are planning pay bumps of around 4%. That won't even come close to matching inflation, which weighs in at 8.3. In other words, you'll work just as much, but your salary won't buy as much. What can you do to make sure your pay keeps up with inflation? Well, switching jobs is one option. Experts also recommend talking to your boss about a raise now before your company locks in its salary budget for next year. Well, Kim Kardashian won't be the face of crypto anytime soon. The star has agreed to pay over a million dollars as part of an SEC settlement after she promoted a crypto company on Instagram and didn't disclose the fact that she was paid to do so. That's a violation of federal securities laws, even though the post did include the hashtag ad. Kardashian also cannot promote any crypto assets for three years. Sasheen Littlefeather, the Native American actress and activist who famously rejected Marlon Brando's Oscar for The Godfather, has died. She was 75 and had been suffering from breast cancer. At the Academy Awards in 1973, Littlefeather appeared on stage in place of Brando and declined his Best Actor Award on his behalf for Hollywood's treatment of Native Americans. Littlefeather said she was boycotted by Hollywood after her speech, and in August, the Academy formally apologized to her. Among the catchphrases about work life right now, act your wage is getting a lot of attention. It's become a mantra for some on TikTok, the idea of doing your job well, but to the level you're paid, not overdoing it. One of the key people behind the trend is TikToker Sarai Soto. In her videos, she assumes different characters who play out scenes of saying no to requests for extra work, and they've gone viral. Juliana Kaplan reports on labor and inequality at Insider. Hi, Juliana. Hi, Rebecca. So let's talk about Sarai Soto's TikTok videos. Can you describe them for me? So usually there's two characters. We have Susan, who is sort of maybe your typical bad or overbearing boss who's constantly trying to put extra work upon her workers, ask them to stay late. And then we have Veronica, who is this sort of giggly enigma who will, with a laugh, basically brush off Susan's overtures for extra work or staying late. Veronica, did you just decline the Zoom meeting that's at 6.30 tonight? Oh, yeah, 
I did. I did do that. Yeah, because it's outside of my working hours, nine to five. And at one point, actually, I think recently Veronica took over the workplace while Susan was out and retention was up. Everyone was much happier. All right, Veronica, I do need you to be available during your vacation, okay? (laughs) Susan, you'll be blocked on my vacation because I won't be answering. What is it about this character, Veronica, that Sarai has created? Why is she so relatable? I think that she's somebody who, through humor, we heard the great giggle there, is doing a lot of rebuffing at work that people wish they could be doing or are increasingly doing. I'm sure there's been times that everyone can relate to when they've been asked to do something in work that feels outlandish, way too much work outside of the parameters of their job, where they wish they could laugh in their boss's face. But, you know, oftentimes you can't. Veronica can. Okay, Veronica, I'm going to need you to complete all of this today. Susan, do I look like two people to you? No. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Because that looks like the work of two people. What are some ways that people could put this into practice? People are increasingly doing what's called quiet quitting, where they're just sticking solely to the parameters of their job. They're not going above and beyond. Not necessarily disengaging, but just being very clear with those boundaries. And that's what some workers are calling acting your wage. How do you know you're acting your wage? Say you're paid 50K or you you make $25 an hour. How do you know you're actually putting in the effort that your wage reflects? So I actually spoke with a minimum wage worker. She works as a cashier at a grocery store. Some workers were just getting very overwhelmed by really tough customers or changes to scheduling or things that were really disrupting their lives. And for her, the mentality of sort of acting her wage and knowing that her work is important, not because of who she is, but it's just work that needs to get done has sort of allowed her to create this really strong boundary of I'm going to do what needs to get done and I will do it well, but I'm being paid minimum wage. She's not going to pick up extra shifts and she's not going to do things that are outside of the parameters of her job. So it's really about making sure any time you are going above and beyond, going that extra mile, putting in more work, your paycheck reflects that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another worker who I spoke with in this article about acting your wage is it's about taking back a little power. So even if that's something as small as not working during lunch or this worker actually was listening to audiobooks and listened to all of Das Kapital while he was working, which I thought was pretty funny. But he said, you know, if you're a bartender, maybe you just change the channel on the TV to something you want to watch instead of the news that is usually on. Things like that. So much of getting promoted or getting a raise has to do with going above and beyond in your job, doing things that aren't necessarily in your pay grade. Could this suggestion to act your wage end up hurting people and keep them from getting promotions and advancing in their careers? I'm sure for some people, certainly. But for other people, maybe it's a way to get a really good stepping stone and switching to a role outside of the company. Or maybe nobody notices. I think that's the other thing, too. We've been taught, you know, wear your ambition on your sleeve, dress for the job that you want. But If you're not all in the office, for instance, and there's nobody constantly looking over at you to see if you're sitting there at your cubicle, like, why would it prohibit you from a promotion if you're doing your work and you're doing it well and that's it? I acted my wage and no one noticed. Thanks, Juliana. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Juliana Kaplan is the labor and inequality reporter at Insider. For more of our coverage on the economy, go to Insider.com. 
Make sure to follow the refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight, in for Dave Smith. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.